welcome to Esther Illusions. This is a special uh, mini episode planned based on the breaking news yesterday from Disney regarding Splash Mountain. The laughing place is no more. Well, there'll still be some laughter, hopefully, but it will. Uh, the ride that won our uh, top ride at Disneyland, our big three part podcast episode is getting an update. And for many, myself included, this is a a long time coming. This is a great positive development. Splash Mountain, which rather controversially was based off of the cartoon aspects, the cartoon portions of Song of the South, the most controversial Disney movie of all time, is getting uh, updated to the 2009... Uh, beautifully animated uh, film, The Princess and the Frog. Wanted to talk about kind of the nature of nostalgia, because we we see sort of the predictable... I don't even want to call them battle lines. I think most people are, generally speaking, pretty uh, uh, positive and upbeat about this. And it's also just just from a broader perspective, great when we get uh, Disney, who are the build some of the most beautiful and best rides in the world when they get a chance to update some of their stuff. Uh, that's always kind of a welcome change. But you do see there's there's this little sliver of the population that look at look at changes like this and uh, they kind of, they sound kind of like the uh, Clint Eastwood's character in Gran Torino, the get-off-my-lawn crowd. And... I guess maybe some of that is probably based on uh, nostalgia or the desire to cling to the past. But if we're going to be serious with ourselves, it's it's really it's necessary, and it's 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 hard to you look at Brer Rabbit. So I think kind of why we wanted to do this episode is uh, Tara and I go to Disneyland a lot, uh, based on and we we arrive ready for rope drop. Rub drop is the uh, that that signifies the crowds that gather before the park, and then the the rope is dropped, letting everybody in. Versus you know getting if the park opens at eight and you get there ready, the doors usually open around seven thirty. You get there, uh, you're there for rope drop, and if you get there later, obviously there's no rope to drop. But uh, when we get there, we often try to do. Uh, Either the Matterhorn or Big Thunder or sometimes Indiana Jones. That can be kind of backed up in the morning. And then it's almost always off to Critter Country for the, the one-two punch of Splash Mountain and Winnie the Pooh. And Tara and I love Critter Country a lot. Critter Country is a fabulous place. Well, so have uh, befriended some of the ride operators at Winnie the Pooh, so it's also fun to just get there and see them in the morning. And that's also part of, uh, that's a part of the park that is, generally speaking, pretty not so crowded in the morning, and then also at night, but Splash Mountain is not necessarily the best ride to do at night. A little wet. But uh, it can get very, very, very crowded in the middle of the day, often uh, sometimes lines upwards of two hours, so it's always good to get there early. And I, I, I bring that up because I'm somebody who, who really supports this change, and I think it's an important change to make, but 
I, I have deep, deep emotional ties to the ride. Back to Disney's, a lot of people's love affair with uh, variety show type performances. If you ever watch old episodes of The Muppet Show and there's all these singing bits, that's kind of how variety shows would go. And uh, they thought that singing birds would make for a great attraction, which is not too dissimilar from the Country Bear Jamboree, which is no longer at Disneyland. It was replaced by Pooh. Critter Country will now basically be two rides uh, that are were updated with uh, replacing old favorites. Although the, the, the kind of the big open question is related to what exactly will happen to Critter Country, given the fact that The Princess and the Frog story is uh, takes place in Louisiana, making it a, a perfect fit to essentially just expand New Orleans Square. Now, especially for Disneyland, New Orleans Square, you've got the... It basically begins uh, around the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and you've got your sort of the, the shops of New Orleans Square. You've got the Mint Julep Bar with the... Oh, those beignets are so good. And then it it kind of so you've you've got you've got the rivers of America on, on one end, but but opposite with the uh, with the train going to Haunted Mansion, you've you've essentially got a, a a pretty long strip that's New Orleans Square, even that that extends beyond the sort of the main New Orleans district in Disneyland. So. Haunted Mansion is next to Splash Mountain. So, I mean, it it, it it probably makes sense to essentially get rid of Critter Country. And and I, I saw on Twitter there was, I, I guess we could call it fear-mongering, that uh, Winnie the Pooh might go away. That's never going to happen. Pooh is, Pooh is Disney's second most valuable intellectual property after Mickey Mouse. If you've ever been to Disneyland in the middle of the day, Critter Country is an absolute zoo filled with people who are wanting to get their picture taken with Pooh and Piglet and Tigger and Eeyore. I think those are the only four that you can have your pictures taken with. So uh, that gets really mobbed. That's not going to change. What I guess could probably change is... The new updated Splash Mountain, which may or may not be called, I, I I would imagine it's it's the the Disney will change the name of the ride in some way. The question is, does Splash Mountain remain in the actual name, or if it's like Tiana's Splash Mountain? I don't know. I I in some ways you could see you could sense that that maybe wouldn't happen, but at the same time. Uh, Disney has its, has its mountains. There's Big Thunder, there's, uh, Space Mountain. There's also, I, well, the Matterhorn is not called Matterhorn Mountain. It is, it is called Matterhorn Mountain, but the ride is called Matterhorn Bobsleds. So there's, uh, lots of mountains. We like our mountains at Disneyland. I could see it potentially still being called some form of Splash Mountain. But Critter Country, it probably makes sense at this point to no longer call it Critter Country, which itself used to be called Bear Country, and it was retooled to Critter Country when the original Splash Mountain came. And I realize I didn't finish uh, talking a little bit about the ride in Bear Rabbit, but stream of consciousness. 
to just touch briefly on the uh, time it opened. People yesterday, I was on Twitter talking about how it's really baffling the idea that in 1989, a ride was built based on a movie that at that point Disney had had very, very strongly disowned. Which, it, it, it does bear noting that Disney... So, Song of the South came out in 1946. And it was controversial uh, almost immediately. The source material um, by Joel Chandler Harris, the Uncle Remus stories, uh, those are also fairly controversial in the sense that uh, it's a white guy uh, appropriating uh, black f- Southern folklore. I'm not the person to uh, dive into the nuances of why that's problematic. There, there are a lot of people who have uh, very varying opinions on sort of the legacy of Uncle Remus. It's, it's not my place to, to go further into that. I will say, as, as a film critic, Song of the South is not a good movie. It is racist. There's no question about that. It is also narratively very boring. The animated sequences, which, I mean, the, the, the theme park ride, we talked about this in our, in our top Disneyland ride videos. It's astonishing how closely the uh, sequences of Splash Mountain follow animated sequences that, are, that are, Disney doesn't want anybody to ever see. Like The Laughing Place. It's bizarre. It's truly bizarre. Song of the South is kind of like uh, Mary Poppins in the sense that uh, there are a lot of uh, sequences that feature both live action and animation, which for 1946 is is very impressive. And obviously the song Zippity Doodah is a uh, major part of Disney lore. The movie does also have some, some uh, Disney broader relevance in the sense that uh, Bobby Driscoll who was the voice of the original Peter Pan and who died tragically at the age of 31. This is one of his few live-action roles. He plays the seven-year-old Johnny in the live-action sequences, which are uh, pretty stupid. And then, of course, uh, James Baskett, was, uh, he was the first uh, black male performer to win an Oscar for... He was given an honorary Oscar for his portrayal of Uncle Remus. And you can, of course, see him still. They uh, they play the clips of Zippity-Doo-Dah a lot. He's got a wonderful voice. Uh, he, he's, he's a talented actor. It's uh, it, That was also his final film role, but uh, it's... <laughs> it's not a good movie. Even... I mean, there's no, there's you, no, no one should dis- discount the fact that it's deeply racist, but, but it's, it's a really bad movie. It's the live action portions are, it's like they're filler. It's really stupid. It's, it's not well done. No one should. And, and that's kind of, uh, we see this controversy pop up a lot for stupid reasons, usually just kind of far right provocateurs on. Twitter making a stink about Disney Plus uh, unleashed such a big collection of, of Disney lore, and yet at the same time, 
people were saying, where's Song of the South as if they're ever, ever going to release it. Which they shouldn't, because it's racist and it's also terrible. And yet at the same time, 1989. And they had still shown it in theaters occasionally. It wasn't the, the, the banishment of Song of the South is in a lot of ways really confined to the notion that it would be released on home video. Although it was in Europe. Oftentimes, we don't, because of the, the way that we tend to ride Splash Mountain very early or, or later in the evening when there's no lines, I don't hear a lot of the conversations, but when you're, like, for example, when you're at Gardens, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, it is practically 99, at least 90% of the time we're in line from that, you hear the phrase Tower of Terror said, the remodeling. People in line talk about rides, their legacy, and all of that. And for the past 30 years, Splash Mountain actually last year had its 30th anniversary with the uh, limited release Pop Funko collection of Brer Rabbit, Fox, and Bear. And it's the last anniversary it will celebrate. But imagine the kids who are in line saying, you know, gee, mommy, gee, daddy. Maybe they have two mommies or two daddies. What's this movie based off of? And then they have to explain that you can't see the movie that it's based off of because that movie is racist, and it was always considered racist. That's, that's a really awkward dynamic for a theme park to have to be in. And they built the ride in 1989! Long after this film was always considered racist. It was controversial from the moment it was released. Comes out in, in 1946, controversial then. 1989, they build a ride base. They carve out the, the... I mean, there's nothing... There is nothing really wrong with the cartoon as portions of it. Br'er Rabbit... You know, Br'er Rabbit is, is a harmless mischievous... Well, he's mischievous, but not for, not for racist reasons. Uh, he's a harmless little rabbit. He actually, I mean, he, 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 he pairs kind of well with Winnie the Pooh because there are, you know, stories of cartoon characters out in the woods screwing around with each other, although the uh, Br'er Rabbit's contentious relationship with uh, Br'er's fox and bear are a little bit different than Winnie the Pooh. But, you know, a kid rides, rides Winnie the Pooh and obviously knows where that's from, the goodest Splash Mountain. You know, if you like the ride a lot, you you know, it's not unreasonable to say, I want to see this character on television. And the characters have appeared very sporadically, uh, cameos in uh, Mickey's House of Mouse, which was often featured uh, characters from the Disney lore. So it, it's, it's always been astonishingly weird that we have this dynamic where... You, you build a ride based on a film, based on source material that no one, that the company does not want anybody to see. It goes even beyond that. It's, it's astonishing. And it's, 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 uh, 
You know, there's no words. That, that If for any other reason than that reason, you should retool the ride. Because it's this, it's this weird sort of embarrassment on the company. And there, you know, I, we've, uh, we were sometimes, when you go to Disneyland as often as we do, you kind of get to know some of the ride operators or the cast members a lot. And, uh, at the, uh, the Hundred Acre Woods store in Critter Country, we, I forget how we got on the topic of Splash Mountain with, uh, an older employee who worked there. And she basically said, like, look, I wish, I wish the company would acknowledge, acknowledge the, the. I think, yeah, it would have been the time we were buying the the Pop Funko for the 30th anniversary. And she said, you know, I, I wish the company would would acknowledge, would, it, would at least acknowledge the fact that this thing exists. Because, uh, right or wrong, it's a part of this company's history. And, of course, that's, that's an opinion that some people can have. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with it, but an extension of that kind of logic is... Should the company then be allowed to have it both ways? Should you have a ride based on a movie that nobody can see? The answer to that should be an unequivocal no. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous that they did that. And yet, I mean, when we put the ride at number one on our best Disneyland ride list... It reflects the the fact that Splash Mountain is an incredibly effective ride at blending a lot of elements of the Disney storytelling. It's a thrill ride, and it's also a dark ride. And I, I, I think it will translate very well for The Princess and the Frog. Because there's a lot of elements within, you know, the, the middle portion of the ride, the not thrillish parts, where you can do a lot of storytelling. And that's a beautiful movie. Tiana's a great character who, you know, she doesn't get a ton of representation in the park. Uh, That's a broader problem for the Disney princesses. They're actually in the process of remodeling Snow White's Scary Adventures, basically because of the fact that Snow White does not really appear in the ride. She appears in a cameo role in the beginning, just waving, and then it's mostly from the perspective of the witch. And that's, that's, that's pretty stupid. You know, you have Sleeping Beauty's Castle. Ariel has a ride in California Adventure that was essentially just put there because California Adventure was a disaster. And I mean, we... we the, the fact that Splash Mountain was built in 1989 and uh, riot movies like Roger Rabbit, which uh, are not really major... really at all significant parts of the Disney canon, uh, have rides while others do not... Disney didn't really do a ton of construction of building new rides during the Disney Renaissance. Therefore, all these, like, all of their big mega hits are, are either not represented or, you know, Aladdin had a show in California Adventure. Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse was converted to Tarzan. Disney, Disney d- didn't, Disney didn't really capitalize on their biggest era of the past 50 years all that well. And that's particularly reflected... I mean, Mickey Mouse is getting his first ride. 
which uh, is open in Disney World, but not Disneyland yet. It's coming to Toontown next. Well, we could say next year, but with coronavirus, it could be the year after. So that's I mean that's kind of the dynamic. Disney, Disney, Disney's rides do not always reflect their intellectual properties all that well, and they've made. I mean, even in the midst of the Disney Renaissance, they they open a ride based on Indiana Jones, a property they didn't own back then. Now they do with the purchase of Lucasfilm, but that was essentially twenty years after the fact. And a lot of a lot of their original rides. Or, you know, Matter, uh, not that Matterhorn's original ride. I mean, Fantasyland basically housed the rides based on intellectual properties. And then one's like, I hesitate to say Jungle Cruise because we should put out Jungle Cruise as a ride is actually way more racist than Splash Mountain. The depiction of the native peoples in Jungle Cruise. And there's a lot of calls on Twitter to change that. That is a way more racist ride. And it's also, it's a ride featuring comedy the entire time. In our Pride Month coverage, we've talked a lot about how, you know, we have to move uh, portrayals of trans people away from, like, the the subject of just kind of being laughed at or or portrayed in a negative light. Doug Cruz is a comedic ride with really racist depictions. That's a huge problem, and it needs to be changed. And I, I don't say that one should be changed before Splash. Some people are saying that. That's not an either-or situation. That should be a this-and-that situation. Change them both. Change everything in, their, in, in the park that's racist. Because the people it defend... It, the people it... Because the people it offends... Uh, we would all be better off if they weren't in the park. I, not that it would happen. I would love if Disneyland could ban Trump supporters. People who whine about them selling Pride-themed merchandise. Although, I actually am also somebody who complains about them selling Pride-themed merchandise, but for di- not, not, not because I'm anti-gay, but because <laughs> Disney films are... Let, let's just say it, they're anti-gay. No gay, very few gay characters. And usually in blink-and-you'll-miss-it blink situations that uh, can be edited out for the Chinese censors or the Russian censors. Disney is essentially an anti-gay company. But it wants to pretend not to be. And actually, we get treated very well there. So both of those things can be true. But uh, back back to Splash Mountain as a ride. Uh, it's a great ride. And Br'er Rabbit is a character who is a fish out of water in Disney lore. He does deserve to have his ride taken away. Because I, it just it makes me uncomfortable and, 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 and sad to think about the conversations that have to go on in that line each and every day at the park. Where does Br'er Rabbit come from? Why can't I see Br'er Rabbit's movie? And if Disney doesn't want you to see Br'er Rabbit's movie, then maybe they shouldn't have a Br'er Rabbit ride. And beyond that, I mean, like, it, it's so great. We're getting a ride based off a newer Disney property because it doesn't happen all that often. They build Star Wars land, but think of all the intellectual properties, even from the 21st century, putting aside the Disney Renaissance. 
And I'm not even just talking about the duds like like Chicken Little, which are terrible. They were going to build the submarines, uh, the, the Finding Nemo submarines that are there. Were, uh, if, if Atlantis, the Lost Empire, had been a big hit, they were going to make... Uh, they, were, they were actually huge. There's a Collider article that just came out about uh, the uh, legacy of Atlantis, Lost Empire, and that includes these massive, massive plans for the Florida Magic Kingdom. Which, of course, in Nabbing's movie wasn't that successful. Treasure Planet, great movie. No representation. Uh, a lot of people love Zootopia. You can have your picture taken with uh, the Zootopia characters in California Adventure. That's about the extent of the representation. And I've like like it, it, it's generally speaking not very common for Disney to go back and build a ride based on an older property. And by older property, I mean more than a couple years old. So Princess and the Frog, which came out in two thousand nine, would would fit that bill. Little Mermaid, which was mentioned earlier. Is, is one of the rare exceptions, and we know that that exception was basically uh, for a specific reason. Ratatouille is getting a ride in Epcot. That's also very rare. Uh, it's great that Princess and the Frog is getting some representation, especially because, I mean, Disney's always had a diversity problem. And people who visit the park deserve to be able to see themselves reflected in the entertainment that's presented. That is clearly not always been the case. For so many people. And in this cultural uh, awakening that America is going through right now, long overdue and very necessary, I, I think this is uh, really a positive step in the right direction. So, I mean, am I a little sad that I'm never going to get to ride, uh, never get to go to the laughing place again? Uh, I, I've been there a lot. <laughs> uh, i any sort of, uh, you know, it would be, it's always good to get one last ride on something, but, uh, um, any sort of feelings about that are, are, are negated by the fact that, uh, I'm really excited for the new one. What is interesting, so, so this an announcement, I was going to mention this, this episode was going to go 20 minutes, but I was rambling. <laughs> uh, so there are three Splash Mountains of in the uh, six Disney parks. There are ones at the Magic Kingdom in Florida, Disneyland in California, and then also Tokyo Disneyland in uh, Japan. This announcement was uh, very clearly stated for the Florida and the California parks. Now, Disney's setup with Tokyo Disneyland is, is kind of a more of a licensing deal versus them controlling... Uh, the park, Tokyo Disneyland, was their first foreign park. And in a lot of ways, it is... it is e Each Disney park kind of takes on its own... Uh, it, it's meant to... They want you to visit them all. They don't want Disney parks to be carbon copies of each other. But with that in mind, Tokyo Disneyland is the most like another park. It's very similar to Disneyland. It has things... Like, it's the only other park that has Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin... Uh, it has a lot of rides that only Disneyland also has. There's no news if they will remodel their Splash Mountain. And I mean, obviously Japan does not have its uh, the same uh, American cultural issues as we do. And I, I couldn't tell you the numbers on Princess and the Frog's popularity in Japan. I can't imagine as a Louisiana movie, that it's all that big. I would hope so. It's a great movie. 
you know, anyone anyone who's upset about Splash Mountain can just go to Japan. Right there, Splash Mountain. A nice trip. Although, so, I mean, something tells me if you have this huge problem about the remodeling, you probably maybe don't want to leave uh, your, your Trump state in the first place. And then kind of to close, I just want to talk about the nature of nostalgia. A lot of humanity has a has a sort of natural inclination to want to cling to things of the past. Uh, people don't want Splash Mountain to change because when you're older and you get to go to Splash Mountain, you think about uh, you you think about how you felt when you rode that when you were young. I've, I've seen a testaments about that on Twitter a lot. And I mean, I, 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 I'm somebody who essentially kind of views nostalgia as, as a bit of a destructive force. All this sort of romanticizing the past, the false notion of the good old days, the glory days. Someone's glory days are not necessarily someone else's glory days. We can't all live in the past. We shouldn't all live in the past. Ten years ago, it was a bad time to be gay in America. Uh, when the Song of the South came... It was really, uh, you, you know, it was it was a really hard time to not be a white person in America. We should move forward, progress, not, you know. And Disney is kind of a nostalgic place. They they hype up nostalgia often to their own detriment. We shouldn't romanticize the past too much, because it's. Uh, I would love it if they take out that dumbass Two Brothers song from Great Moments, Mr. Lincoln. We should acknowledge more of the fact that the past isn't as rosy as uh, people would like. And, I mean, that's that's probably a good place to stop. Splash Mountain. You know, uh, a lot of us have fond memories of Splash Mountain. Uh, a lot more people will have fond memories of uh, The Princess and the Frog when it gets its update. So, looking forward to it. I think everybody should look forward to it, too. It's time. The world did not end when Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout replaced Tower of Terror. It's okay. In fact, I like the Guardians better, and I really loved the Tower of Terror. So, I mean, change is, uh, change is a good thing. And in this context especially, change is a very important thing. We need to leave controversial things in the past. As uh, Kylo Ren once said, you know, let the past die, kill it if you have to. So, laugh in place. Fun while it lasted, but uh, not everything should go on forever. And uh, this episode should not go on forever. So, with that in mind, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>